Tonight on Truth Today, we're going to be discussing the rise and fall of America as an empire, part two. We'll also be discussing Daniel chapter five, the story of Belshazzar and how that could apply to America today. Oh, Biden, the Biden dereliction of duty, impeachment, and also discussing Christianity and apostasy how Christians continue to fall away from the faith, sadly. How can we contend for the faith? That and much more tonight on Truth Today. Well, thank you for joining us tonight here on Truth Today. My name is Pastor Sharam Haiti with Truth and Love Ministry. We're so glad you can be with us. Join us for uh, this hour that we are seeking to uh, speak the truth in love, expose the works of darkness, and prepare the church for what is ahead of her in these last days. Uh, in this show, we uh, always stand on the Word of God, the full counsel of God. In this show, we also focus on Bible prophecy, signs of the last days, and also how to contend for our faith. We're going to remain as a faithful remnant. Uh, before we get into the content of our program tonight, I want to encourage you, uh, please visit our website. If you're not on our website, tilministry.com, tilministry.com. Please check out all of our content there. Sign up for our email newsletter. Also, please go to rumble.com slash sharamhadian, rumble.com slash sharamhadian. That is where we have all of our content. We live stream, of course, we're live streaming there tonight. Also, please do three things for us. Please subscribe if you haven't, like and share our link so that we can continue to build up our viewership. We need your help to go around all of the suppression of truth, particularly on social media. Um, and even on Facebook and other uh, platforms. Uh, one other thing I want to mention to you, uh, this past week, some people were asking me when I was on my road trip about MP3. Remember that we podcast our shows, so please go to our um, uh, link on, is it Podbean? I think we have a link, we have an image up there for that, for our MP3. Search Truth Today with Sharam Hadian, Truth Today with Sharam Hadian, on all of those ones you see up on the top of the screen, screen there, Samsung, iHeart, Amazon Music, uh, Podbean, and so forth and so on. Uh, we MP3 all of our shows there as well. All right, we're going to start as we always do, folks. Thank you again for being with us if you jumped on late. Uh, we're going to start in the Word of God, and we're going to see what the Bible has to say. And I'm speaking tonight about the, uh, this is part two of what I started on Tuesday. If you did not get a chance to watch our show on Tuesday, please go back and watch the show on Tuesday. This is part two of the rise and fall of the American empire. How we are seeing and witnessing what I believe to be the fall of an empire. And I, on Tuesday's show, I went through the definition of an empire and how America very much meets the definition of an empire our power structure, um, the amount of territory that we've controlled, uh, the amount of uh, bases that we have around the world, uh, the, 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 the might of the military, our, our finances, how we've influenced the world. And I also shared with you that most empires have about a two to 300 year lifespan and on average right around 250 years. And that we are, this year, July 2nd, at the signing of the Declaration of Independence in 1776, celebrating year 247. That in the realm of history, now we're talking about history, that most empires begin to wane and internally collapse, just like Rome did, the rise and fall of Rome as an empire, just like we saw with the Grecian Empire, with the Persian Empire. We saw the judgment of God upon the British Empire when they, I believe, when they specifically uh, divided the land of, of, of Israel, the Balfour Declaration and dividing the land and, and, and then, then working to create the League of Nations and the United Nations, all things which are against God's economy, God's system, because God is not a God of globalism. He's a God of nations, national sovereignty and borders and boundaries. And last time, 
we looked at, um, we were in the book of Job chapter 12, if you remember. And so I'm just going to do a quick review of this. When Job was defending God and his condition uh, to his critics, so those who were criticizing him and saying that surely, Job, these things have happened to you because of your great sin, yet Job was a righteous man before God. And he, he makes this incredible uh, declaration in verse 23 and to 25. Here it is. He, God, makes nations great and destroys them. He enlarges nations and he guides them. He takes away the understanding of the chiefs of the people of the earth and makes them wander in a pathless wilderness. I think that's a great description, applicable, applicable to where this nation certainly is at, where the chiefs of the people, the rulers of the people, have no understanding because they do not fear God. There is no fear of God in this nation any longer. And God makes them wander in a pathless wilderness. They grope in the dark without light and he makes them stagger like a drunken man. And so I am speaking this tonight in a prophetic sense because I do believe, as I've said, and then I said at the end of the last show on Tuesday, that I think that we are very likely in the midst of a national divorce in this nation, right? I, again, if you go back and, I don't know, that was maybe two or three months ago, we did a show uh, where I was asking the question, is America in the midst of a national divorce? Is a national divorce coming? And the reason I say this is because singularly it's the hand of God. It's the judgment of God upon a nation that is so egregiously mocking God. And God shall not be mocked. Amen? And so as a result of this mocking, God brings judgment. God tries to bring correction. God tries to bring prophets. And of course, this is all not even including the condition of the church in America and in the West which is in a state of apostasy. We have been covering that, of course, in great length. So tonight I want to go to a story from Daniel chapter 5. And it's going to take me a little bit, so be patient with me. It's going to take me a little bit to kind of get to the backstory of what's going on and how this applies, I believe, very much to what is going on in America and specifically what... Uh, is, the, is the nature of our leaders and the arrogance and the abomination that they are committing. And, and I'm not, of course, this, I'm not saying that this is the abomination that causes desolation, which is specifically prophesied in Daniel chapter 9, speaking of what the Antichrist is going to do in the midst of the tribulation period, the seven-year tribulation period. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm using the term abomination in a general biblical sense as anything that is completely perverting God's design and God's plans and God's purposes and God's laws, the very laws of nature and nature's law, and nature's God. So this is the story now where we have, um, the, of course, the Israelites are in captivity. They've been taken by the Babylonians, and Daniel and his cohorts were among those who were taken into captivity. We, we, we already have Daniel chapter 3, the story of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and what they endured under King Nebuchadnezzar when he built the 90-foot-tall statue and demanded that they worship at the foot of the statue. And they didn't remember that, again, God gave them great favor for obeying God in the midst of this depravity and this idolatry and this abomination. This is a huge, huge clue for us, folks. The, the importance of our obedience to God, the importance of our obedience to uh, obey God no matter the cost, amen? No matter what the cost is. So now uh, we have uh, Belshazzar, which is the father of Nebuchadnezzar. Belshazzar the king, this is in verse 1 of Daniel chapter 5. Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of the thousand. Now, the context is, remember, right, 
They've taken the Israelites into captivity in Babylon. Um, they have also taken the things that belong to God, particularly from the temple, from temple worship. The things that were sacred, the things that were reserved for God alone, would belong to God. They've taken those things. And now you're going to see what happens next. Verse 2, while he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels, which his father, I'm sorry, this is his son. I, I, I misspoke. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is the father of Belshazzar, which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple, which had been in Jerusalem. So Nebuchadnezzar had taken everything from the temple. Now, uh, as, as um, they're, they're, uh, they're having this celebration, this feast to worship false gods and, and honor all of the leadership of, of, of Babylon, they are now perverting that which was reserved for God. Now that should be something should click in our minds. The perversion of that which belongs to God. For example, like the rainbow. Pride goes before the fall. The rainbow does not belong to God, to, to, to the world, does not belong to the LGBTQ, does not belong to the enemy. The rainbow belongs to God and his people. It is a sign of a covenant. Judgment came upon the world. Wrath came upon the world. God, in the midst of that, made a promise, and it's a sign of a covenant. So you see the idea that when they're in a state of captivity, the enemy, those who are enemies of God in the state of captivity and holding... So remember again, God's people are in captivity, right? Why? Why are they in captivity? Because they have rejected God's commands, God's teaching. They have rejected keeping God as one. They worshiped idols. They worshiped false gods. They gave into idolatry. They gave into sin and debauchery. So God judged and brought their enemies against them. And I'm saying before you tonight, I think that's absolutely what is happening in America. Our enemies have come within. And I've been saying this for a number of years, and, and, and I think that much of what I've said has been rejected by most Christians, but I have said for a number of years that I believe we are now in a place of physical captivity, not spiritual captivity in the sense of even in prison, we will choose, I hope, I pray, to honor the one true God and his ways and his teachings and his word and his Son, and the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We will choose to honor and obey, even, even, in, even in prison, even in physical uh, 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 captivity. But nevertheless, we are in a physical captivity because we are not truly free. Our enemies, our adversaries, are governing over us. Those who hate God and hate um, God's people. And I said, to you, I said to, the, to you guys on Tuesday that this nation was founded upon a foundation of God because we made a covenant with God. That was the rise of America. The rise of America, I believe, was miraculous. The rise of America was something that is not explained. It, 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 it clearly had God's hand on it because of the obedience of a few of Christians and pastors and, and, and the colonists who stood their ground against tyranny and evil, and they wanted to obey the very laws of nature and of nature's God, again, enshrined in our declaration. And I'll be teaching more on that, by the way, July 2nd, Sunday, July 2nd at Patriot Church here in Knoxville, Tennessee. But please understand that They were in a position, our, our forefathers, our founders, that I believe Daniel and his cohorts were in. In this case, 
they're not able to declare independence because God had prophesied that they were going to be in captivity for 70 years. It was not going to be shortened. And it wasn't. Not by a day. God did exactly what he said. Yet in the midst of that captivity, God still called them to build and plant and live and obey and give in marriage and have children and obey him. There was never a command to compromise. There was never a command to get along, to go along, to get along. There was never a command that said, you know, in order to have the Babylonians love you, just give in to their system. So I gotta, I gotta keep going back on because you got to see what happens here. But again, I believe this is exactly where America's at. This is exactly where our condition's at is that we are in a place, folks, where we have forsaken God. God is giving us chances. But again, as I said in the intro, there's no fear of God. So while he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels, which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple, which had been in Jerusalem. That... The king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised, listen to this, the gods of gold and silver bronze and iron, wood and snow, stone. They worshiped the creation and the so-called gods of creation rather than the creator. Romans chapter one. Now in the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. So was this a vision more than likely? I mean, it's not talking about that a literal hand showed up. It could be the hand of an angel, possibly. But nobody else that we, the, the verse doesn't say anybody else saw it. The king saw it. Then the king's countenance changed. And his thoughts troubled him. He got scared. Wouldn't you? If you're committing this abomination, you've taken what belongs to God and now you're using it for debauchery. You're using it for idolatry. And now there's this supernatural element. Boy, could we use some of that today, Lord. Then the king's countenance changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other. You understand? He became so fearful that he was about to fall down. He couldn't stand. His hips were giving way. His knees were knocking because he was so scared. Have you ever been that scared? that literally your body is shaking uncontrollably. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. The king spoke, saying to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and tells me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck, and he shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now all the king's men, wise men came, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king his interpretation. Again, Belshazzar was greatly troubled, his countenance was changed, and his lords were astonished. They, like, all of a sudden, he's celebrating, and they're celebrating their power, their wealth, their might, meanwhile mocking what belongs to God, abusing what belongs to God, what belonged to the house of God. And now they, again, I'm convinced nobody else saw the hand. He saw the hand. And now he's mortified. He's terrified. And that's all they see. Okay, so let's fast forward. They, they then recommend to him 
that there is one in the kingdom, Daniel, who um, can give interpretation. So let's go to verse 13. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Are you the Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah, who my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard of you that the Spirit of God is in you and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me that they should read this writing and make known to me its interpretation, but they could not give the interpretation of the thing. Verse 16, and I have heard of you that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. Now if you can read the writing and make known to me the interpretations, you shall be, again, clothed with purple, have a gold chain of gold around your neck, and be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, let your gifts be for yourself. Keep your gifts. Isn't that amazing? I don't want your stuff. And give your rewards to another. So Daniel was not tempted by the shiny things. He was not tempted by the allure because he was going to obey God. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. O king, most high God, O king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar your father a kingdom and majesty, glory, and honor. See, God raises up kingdoms and God tears down kingdoms. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up. And whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beast and his dwelling was like with the wild donkeys. Remember, Nebuchadnezzar went crazy. He has a similar vision and he goes crazy. They fed him like grass, like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew that the Most High God rules in the kingdom of men and appoints over it whoever he chooses. So again, one more time, God is, Daniel is declaring by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of the Most High God, that again, it is God who opposes and God who exalts. If God exalts you, okay. If God opposes you, you're in trouble. And if you uh, oppose God, double portion of trouble. Now, but you, his son Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this, and you lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your lords, your wives, your concubines have drunk wine from them, and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know, and the God who holds your breath in his hand and owns all your ways, you have not glorified. This is very important because I could easily say also, not only is this applicable to the leaders of nations, but this is applicable to the leaders of the church. All those pastors out there who are turning their church into licentiousness and using it as a place to now call what the Bible calls abomination good. Verse 24, then the fingers of his hand were sent from him and this writing was written. And this is the inscription that was written. Mene, mene, tekel, ufarsin. This is the interpretation of each word. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Perez. Um, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. So now Daniel has pronounced judgment. God, when what was written on the, on the wall, said, your kingdom has numbered, it is for a certain number of days, and that number has come due. Because you were weighed, boy, this is a word, man, I tell you, Folks, this is a word, this is a word for not just America. I just feel so strongly in my spirit. Please listen. You got to pray on this. This is a word for America. And this is a word for the church in America. 
your kingdom was numbered. America, your kingdom, remember empire, rise and, what is tonight's show called again? The rise and fall of the American empire. You see, God raised up Nebuchadnezzar, God allowed him, and God took him down. And now Belshazzar has been raised up, and God's saying that this empire, this kingdom, is numbered. Did you hear what I said? Is numbered. Hmm. And that number is finished. Then you have been weighed in the balances. I felt this word on my heart from the Lord back in, I think it was 2018 or 2017 or 2018, where I felt like the Lord was saying, I am now weighing in the balances, in the scales, the pulpits of this nation. Not just the nation, but then the pulpits of this nation. And found wanting, found lacking. And America, you have been weighed by God and found lacking. Mm. Your kingdom has been divided to the Medes and the Persians. Because who comes after Babylon? The Medes and the Persians. Particularly the Persians rise up, defeat Babylon, then they take control, and now the Israelites come under the rule of the Persians, and God gives great favor now as, as, as the second half of the 70-year uh, period is coming, God gives great favor to the, to the Israelites under the Persians. We know about Esther, the plot of Haman, how God rescued them in that situation and then provided a way out, how, how uh, uh, Mordecai and Esther were elevated and of course the Persian kings ultimately then were give, they had so much favor with the Persians that the Persians gave them uh, money after coming out of the captivity to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, to rebuild the, th the temple, to establish the very laws of the God of the Israelites throughout the 137 Persian empires or uh, the Persian uh, provinces. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. I so believe, when I had read this passage, because I was listening to a, uh, a podcast earlier this week, and I so believe that this is a, and I know some of you are not going to like this, because you're listening to voices out there that are saying, no, America is going to be reborn. America is going to be great again. That, um, because again, if you have a kingdom now theology, you're on the wrong side of, of eschatology. You're on the wrong side of Bible, Bible interpretation. I do not support post-millennialism. Even though I have great friends that are post-millennial, I do not support kingdom now theology, even though I have friends who are in that camp. I do not support, I, I, I think that's off. And I think it's confusing. Dispensationalism, premillennialism is the right understanding of scripture, is the right understanding of, 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 of God's dealing with Israel, namely that there is a, there's, a, there's a 70th week. And I know there's a lot that I'm sharing here tonight before we get into headlines. But this is so important. I believe this is for America, America, God numbered your kingdom. And now it is about to be finished. This is why, again, I said the word that I shared a number of months ago on are we in a national divorce? If you didn't, if you're joining us late, you didn't watch that show, please go back and watch the show because I shared a word that I believed was prophetic from the Lord after 2020 and the stolen election where I said that I felt the Lord had said, I am now issuing a writ of divorce to this nation, to America, because of her great sins. And I know that Christians are praying and I know that we are praying for a revival, but that revival is not going to be a national revival. That revival is a revival of souls. 
and there may be pockets of revival, but I do not believe, I do not believe that that revival is going to be a revival of the whole nation because the nation is too divided and we have to choose whom we're going to serve now, right? We have to choose which way are we going to go? Are we going to go after God? Or are we going to go after paganism, idolatry, sexual immorality, pride? And again, I go back to this word here, folks. Um, you've been weighed in the balance and found wanting. Your kingdom has been divided. I believe that America is about to be divided somehow. I don't know how that mechanism will work, but I believe that America is about to be divided. And, well, let me, okay, let me take a step back. We are divided, right? Do we still have that image dry of a tale of two nations? Do we have that anywhere or no? Uh, yeah, right? We've been talking about this. We're a tale of two nations, three nations, four nations. We are so divided. And only the gospel can unite. Only the truth of the word of God can unite. But most of this nation doesn't seem to want the word of God in its wholeness. And certainly the church. Verse 29, Belshazzar gave the command and they clothed Daniel with purple, put a chain of gold around his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Verse 30, you ready? Watch this. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain. And Darius, the Mede, the Persian, received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. That very night, the Persians came against, defeated, killed Belshazzar, and took over, took over the Israelites, took over the captivity. So God's word was prophetic. God's word came to pass. Uh, Daniel found favor in the Persian empire. And I go to um, the condition. So Drya, I want to please go to uh, the image that we have I don't know if I have it even on my, on my screen here. I think I lost it, but um, it was um, of what happened at the White House for the Pride event. I want to start there. Um, where is that image that we have of... Um, okay, so bring this up. Keep it up for a minute. Uh, I wanted these individual images. Can you zoom that in a little bit? Uh, zoom it in for me, and then um, let's make it a little bigger since we don't have the individual uh, images there, but folks, what I want to show you, um, y y I showed you last time. Yeah, there we go. That you saw the white house, the picture on the far, your left corner or in the bottom. Um, if you remember, I'm sure you've seen this. They had the pride flag, the abomination flag hanging in the, between the two, uh, flags of the, or the, the two American flags. That was obviously a violation of, 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 of the American, the flag code. And, and it's, just, it's, it's just an absolute slap in the face to anybody that served in the military. But then they had, go back to the image, please, Jariah. They had the stage. And on the stage, now they had that pride event on the stage on the, on the, on the south lawn of the, of the White House. Um, they had these LGBTQ trans people on the lawns of the White House. There you go. Uh, dancing, um, and I didn't even I didn't want to put this image up here, but you guys may have seen it where they had the tranny uh, that is a guy that had fake uh, breasts. Uh, they 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 uh, took their their shirt down and and they were all doing touching themselves, and um, that happened on the White House lawn 
so the, the White House, uh, Dry, please bring the image up again. The White House that you see there where they had these rainbow balloons, keep that up just for a second. That is the people's house. That White House is supposed to be the most iconic symbol in America. It is representing not the person who lives in it, but it's representing the ideals, the nations, the, the, or the, the ideals and values of this nation. And that symbol, and, and we've seen it before, we, we saw it with Obama, where they lit up the White House in the rainbow colors, as, as again, as, as an affront to God. But this was at a whole le different level. This was the largest pride event ever held, ever, on the grounds of the White House. And there are rumors that these individuals were allowed to be inside the White House. And there are rumors that I've heard, and I, I was trying to verify them, that there was all sorts of egregious activity happening, uh, licentious activity happening, very disgusting activity happening in some of the rooms of the White House by these people that were allowed by White House staff to go into the White House, meaning that this was an absolute perversion of the White House. They absolutely have sullied the White House, and it's been sullied. I know some of you are saying, well, Obama sullied it with the Muslim prayer back during his reign. They've sullied it before. This is nothing new. There's been, you know, there's been sex scandals and things like that, but this is different, folks. This is on a whole different level the mockery of God and the mockery of the vessels. The White House is part of the vessel. It would be the same as the significance of the temple to Israel. It is taking the, 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 the house of the people, we the people, and absolutely, absolutely desecrating it. It is an abomination what happened. It is an absolute abomination. And I can't tell you how grieving it should have been. And so therefore, I think that Daniel 5 and what happened to Belshazzar is absolutely applicable. This month that should be a month of, of, of remember we've talked about that we want to make Pride Month now Prayer Month. We want June to be a month of prayer. We need to bring prayer back. We need to bring intercession back. We need to bring humility back. We need to bring the fear of God back. And this fool that was up on the stage with his, with his wife, Dr. Jill, and all of the, I mean, it's not like he was out, right? It's not like, you know, if you leave town and your kids have a wild party, and you come back and go, well, that's not what I wanted. He was there. The president, the, the illegitimate president of the United States was there. He was celebrating there. And uh, th th this, th this precludes all of the other crimes that he has committed. Uh, let's go to the Washington Stand article. Um, this is uh, the dereliction of duty. Do you have that one there, Dry? Right there. Let's go. We've got to bring these articles up real quick. Dereliction of duty. Record number of illegals on terror watch list entered the United States in May. Record number. U.S. agents reported a record-breaking number of people on the terrorist watch list crossing the uncontrolled southern border last month thanks to policies that Republicans say are emboldening terrorists constitute a dereliction of duty and constitute impeachable offenses. All the while, the Biden administration, remember it's old Biden, Obama's not gone, folks. He's actually running the show, considers the border closed and under control. Um, border Patrol agents encountered 29 people on the terrorist watch list in May at the southern border, the most in U.S. history, and a total of 127 non-U.S. citizens on the, uh, at the border last uh, since last October, 
Uh, altogether, agents encountered a total of 464 people illegally entered the U.S. whose names are on the... This is just the terror watch list. Terrorist Screening Database, TSDS. Um, as, as a result, breaking news. Breaking news today, if you have not seen this. Impeachment. Uh, no, let's go to the impeachment one from InfoWars. Right there. An impeachment resolution to remove Joe Biden from office passes the House floor. Uh, this is proposed by Bobert. Yeah, Representative Lauren Bobert from Colorado, who spoke on the House floor about why fellow representatives would vote to hold Biden accountable. With the advancement of my impeachment bill later today, the House is taking historic action. For the first time in 24 years, a House Republican-led majority is moving forward with impeachment proceedings against a current president. This passed the, the House vote, it, or it passed the House by a vote of 219 to 208. It is now being referred to the Judiciary and Homeland Security Committees. However, weak need Kevin McCarthy. Let's go to the article, please, Drya. Now is not the time. Do you see that one there from the, um, right there? Now is not the time weak need McCarthy says, to talk about impeaching Biden. Really, Kevin? No, now is the time. And not only should he be impeached for what's for dereliction of duty for securing the United States border, but Kevin, he should be impeached for, in, for, uh, for, for treason, for taking bribery from a foreign national government and committing an act of treason against the United States. But he's, uh, on Wednesday, Boebert joins Steve Bannon to discuss a resolution to impeach Biden. But Boebert told Steve Bannon that House leadership is not supporting her resolution to impeach Joe Biden right now. Why not? McCarthy needs to go. Yeah, we knew that from the beginning. The evidence against the Biden family is clear and undeniable. We even have a copy of it from his laptop. McCarthy was urging Republicans to oppose the resolution offered by Boebert that would force a quick vote to impeach Biden, arguing that such an important issue should go through the committee process, and that's exactly what he got. They only voted to go through the House to take it back to committee. They did not vote for, vote for impeachment. He is not impeached. It's just going into the committee. Um... In a de-escalation of internal GOP tensions, House Republicans are not aiming to refer a Biden impeachment resolution to two committees instead of holding an immediate vote on impeaching the president. The House will then vote Thursday to send the resolution offered, which again it did, and it passed. So we'll see. But I've been saying this all along. Show me the money, Kevin. Show me the money, Republicans. The Republicans are, as usual, they're... They bring you to the end. It's like uh, a bad engagement, right? Where they're going to say, I'm going to marry you any day. I'm going to marry you any day. I promise I have a ring for you. And they'll get you to the end and they'll yank it from you. They, 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 what's the expression? They, they, they uh, yank victory from the jaws of defeat. Every single time. That's why I said it doesn't matter that we have a House, a Republican-led House, because they won't do anything that has any substance like impeaching Biden. We have two-tiered justice in this nation, if we have any justice at all. It's completely corrupt, unjust. Um, then, surprise move, go to the Adam Schiff one now, Jariah. Um, the House did vote to censure Adam Schiff. Um, 213 to, what was the vote? Let me get to it here. Uh, to 209, barely passed uh, for abusing and exploiting his official position and bringing dishonor to the House of Representatives. Um, he, he is now going to face an ethics investigation. You know, again, whatever. Ultimately, this is a distraction. They're trying to throw us these little nuggets, in my opinion. Oh, see, look what we're doing. We have, we're so tough. And at the end of the day, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. The uh, censure is over his handling and public statements regarding 
the so-called Trump-Russia collusion or investigation in Trump's first impeachment. The vote makes Schiff just the third congressperson this century to face this formal rebuke from the House, and he considers it a badge of honor. That's what he said in his statement. Um, you know, again, we'll see where it goes. Um, the, uh, uh, thanks to Florida Representative Luna, the author of the censure bill. It's her first term and she isn't ready to play nice. When Schiff censure died last week, the bill died last week, she didn't quit. So um, we'll see where that goes. And it, I tell you folks, this is absolutely, um, I, I think, just distractions. Um, do, do you want to know kind of more of the real thing of what's going on in America, the real dangers that we're facing from our enemies, China and Russia getting ready to go to war, America and, and our woke military thinking that we can go up against... Um, so here, here's the question. I, I'd love your take on this. Maybe comment on this. I think we have an image, don't we, Dryak? Is Biden going to be impeached? Do you guys think... Do you think that he'll actually be impeached by the House of Representatives? Of course, we know not, nothing's going to happen in the Senate, but do you think that the House of... I, I love to hear, to see your comments. Maybe dry up before the show's over. Uh, do a, can you do an unofficial count that people are commenting? And, um, uh, and, and, and we'll, we'll see if we have some results here. But just yes or no. Don't, please don't give, give a long explanation. Just yes or no. You think he'll be impeached or no? My vote is no. My vote is, I don't think the Republicans have the guts to actually impeach Joe Biden because it's a uniparty. But here's some of the real story. Where's our trans-terrorism image, Drya? I've been telling you this, folks, that we are seeing the rise of trans-terrorism. Two things to be watching out for. Number one, uh, Drya, let's go to the one from Kansas. Do you have that about the white powder? I sent that to you, not that one, but the other one. Um, yeah, right there. Developing, this was, this was um, two days ago, developing 100 envelopes with white powder sent to Kansas Republican lawmakers, President Donald Trump and Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. On Friday, Kansas, uh, this is, okay, I guess this is a few days ago, um, the Kansas Bureau of Investigation reported that 30 Kansas legislators were sent envelopes containing white powder. Um, they're working alongside, you know, FBI and so forth and so on, Kansas National Guard, local police department, sheriff's offices. Uh, as of Sunday, 100 envelopes were sent to Kansas legislators. And the Attorney General, Chris Kobach, Kobach also received a letter of white powder. Uh, but they, they, they have said, and the media continues to ignore the story. Uh, President Trump and Justice Clarence Thomas were also sent envelopes of white powder. Um, they're saying that the Bureau supposedly is saying that there are pre preliminary tests showing that it was not toxins. But here's the untold story, that the envelopes that were postmarked have the names of those who are trans people who died and more than likely through suicide. or So this is retaliation, folks. This is the trans terrorism that is rising. The left is arming these unstable, unhinged, broken, confused, hurting, traumatized trans people suicidal. They are under a demonic spirit. And then just breaking today here in Tennessee. Let's go to the Tennessee one, Drya. Tennessee Republican lawmakers receive threatening letters from liberal activists containing white powder, prompting a lockdown Tennessee House Republican Caucus spokesperson Jennifer Easton said that the letters contain obvious threads made by a liberal activist specifically targeting Republicans. Nearly 100 of these letters were also sent earlier, as I said, to Donald Trump and, and Kansas lawmakers. Uh, FBI, Department of Homeland Security, Tennessee Highway Patrol, National District have all teamed on the ground to investigate the situation in Nashville. 
Uh, Cordell Hall building is where it was. They donned protective suits and air tanks to test the substances. No injuries to report. Um, yeah. Why is this not national story? Why are we not hearing about this? Because it's against Republicans? Because it's from liberals? So if liberals make threats, send envelopes, uh, which, which could have been real, right? They could, it, it could have been uh, anthrax. It could have been rice, uh, uh, rice. It could, it could have been uh, multiple bioweapons in powder form against Republicans, and forget Republicans, against elected officials. This is the state of our republic. And um, meanwhile, these trans activists continue to push for their debauchery. Let's go to this article, Drya, from California. Do you have that one? Again, Gateway, again, Gateway Pundit, very quickly, uh, from California. California Dems advanced legislation to give therapists unconditional power to remove 12-year-olds from their parents. This is why we must go to the drag story hours. This is why we must go to the libraries where they're having pornographic books, like here in Athens, Tennessee, where uh, members of Patriot Church were there the other night. I wish I could have been there with them. Uh, this is why we must fight the mutilation of our children through this gender-affirming care this is why we fight abortion and pornography. Um, this is uh, completely kidnapping if the state does this. Washington State is doing this, um, and it's nothing new. And oh, by the way, if you think Christians are going to stand up, let's go to this article from the Washington Stand, Drya. Christian University. Talk about the apostasy that continues within the quote-unquote Christian community, Christian University cancels Promise Keepers event over pride statements. This is, um, the university here is Belmont University, private university. Promise Keepers was, was uh, scheduled to have an event there. But because of this stance, here's what they said. They, Promise Keepers embarked on a mission last month to encourage men to quote, take the first step towards a most, more courageous and bold, bolder life lived in Jesus. I've been saying for a long time, the more we see the enemy's order, the enemy's plans, the new world order, the more God is pushing his divine order, restoring those things that he has created and designed and called good. And he's calling his remnant church to take back those things, to reclaim fatherhood and motherhood. That's what I teach, uh, taught on in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho this past Sunday for Father's Day, the battle for godly masculinity, dads being on the front lines. This is why we need to reclaim. And, and um, here's what their statement was they released in response to Pride Month. Quote, as fathers, husbands, grandfathers, and young men, we see the dangers of gender ideology and the harm it causes. It read, quote, at Promise Keepers, we affirm that God made human beings in his image to reflect him, he created male and female with equal worth and dignity, and there was no mistake in that design, end quote. Amen, amen, and amen. According to a recent Promise Keepers press release, the so-called Christ-centered student-focused university decided to cancel the group's event on September 29th because certain representatives from the school cited a conflict in values. Hmm. Promise Keepers values have been unmistakably clear from the start even before teaming up with Belmont to host one of their events. So the university now has backed and canceled their event because they do not support that simple biblical statement. Is there anything you can find wrong with that statement, folks, that Promise Keepers made? No. Totally biblical. Totally a biblical worldview. Totally truth. This is the wokeism that I said is the cancer that is in the Christian world and Christian schools. Do you have anybody that you know that goes to Belmont 
warn them. Get them out. Let's have this university go broke. Go woke, go broke. I don't care if it's a Christian university. Go woke, go broke. That should continue to be our, 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 our motto, our slogan, because we are in a time where truth must be defended at all costs. If you're going to go woke Christian university, you deserve to be shut down and go broke. And we need to pray that every dollar would dry up from Belmont University because they don't have the courage to stand on the word of God. We have to have the courage to stand on the word of God and to stand on God's creation. I love, I want to end it with a positive note. Uh, Where's that? Uh, Yes, Bryson Gray. Let's bring this up. I love this. Bryson Gray, our favorite rapper, Trump supporter, New song urging Americans to reclaim the rainbow from the alphabet mafia is going viral. A new rap song calling on Americans to reclaim the rainbow from the LGBTQ plus cult is rocking to the top of the iTunes chart. This is from hip hop artists Bryson Gray and Jimmy Levy. Um, And I, I think it was in response to the Dodgers disrespecting Christianity. Um, so listen, folks, go download this song, buy it, share it, support Bryson Gray, support someone who is actually speaking the truth, saying it's time to reclaim the rainbow from the alphabet soup mafia. Amen to that. Folks, this is a hard word that I delivered tonight. I'm going to be praying into this more. I really felt the spirit tonight saying what I said from Daniel chapter 5 that what the Lord spoke on that wall is for America as well and potentially for the church. Now listen, here's the thing about the church. The church can be divided, but the church will not be destroyed. The church, there's a remnant. God will preserve a remnant. Unlike destroying a nation, which God will do, or even bringing judgment to the uh, wrath to the world like God did during the flood, God will not destroy his church. He judges the church. He corrects the church. He removes the dross. He removes the lukewarm. He's going to vomit the lukewarm out and the apostasy and the great falling away. He's going to preserve a remnant of his people and a remnant of his church. But the church has been weighed. The pulpits have been weighed and individual churches will be brought down. Individual pastors will be brought down. Watch and see in the days ahead. And COVID was a huge part of this showing and revealing who is who. Pray for this Folks, this is an imprecatory prayer. If they will not repent and turn their hearts back to God, and if America will not repent and turn its, the heart of its people back to God, and it's only based on our individual choices, I do believe there is, a, there is an awakening happening. I do believe there is a revival that can happen in pockets. I've said it over and over and over. I only believe it's going to be in certain pockets. I do not see a national revival. I think anybody that is speaking of a national revival is a false prophet. Be prayerful, be mindful of false prophets and false words. Even those who claim to have secret knowledge Go to the Word of God. I took you today to the Word of God. I showed you the condition there. And then I'm showing you the condition of America. 247 years, folks. 250 is the average lifespan of an empire. We're coming up to the end. And once that empire dies, it gets broken up like the Soviet empire, like the Roman empire. And I believe that's what's going to happen to America. I don't know exactly how, but I believe that's what's going to happen. And I think that if God actually allows there to be a national divorce, I've said it before, I think that's his blessing. If God allows us to have areas in this nation where we move away from the wicked and turn back to God, that's his grace. Because if we don't end up in civil war, physical violence, civil war, that's God's grace. Thank you for being with us tonight. Please, please, please prayerfully consider supporting this ministry. We need your support desperately. Times are tough for everyone and they're tough for us as well. Razor thin. Um, We don't have a steady 
flow of, of, of income coming in, folks. This ministry is supported by you. Tillministry.com slash donate. Tillministry.com slash donate. If you like to make an online donation, if you like to mail a check, please go to our uh, page on that donate that has the address, P.O. Box 4523, Maryville, Tennessee 37802. Just make a check to Truth and Love or Truth and Love Ministry. Thank you. We've been getting some checks in the mail. Thank you to those of you who have been donating to this ministry on a one-time basis. And thank you to those of you who have been faithfully supporting our Gideon Army. That's where you commit to uh, praying for us and donating on a monthly basis. If you want to go a step further and, and partner with us in that way, would you prayerfully consider joining the Gideon Army of 300 where we're praying for that three, 300. That's all it's gonna take, folks. 300, will, that's all it's gonna take to have this ministry have the impact that God desires for it to have so that we can see the kingdom of God glorified, the name of Jesus be lifted up, and truth be exalted above all else. It is the truth that sets us free. Thank you for being with us tonight. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian. Have a blessed weekend. Remember, I'll be teaching at Patriot Church this Sunday as well. Tune in to patriotchurch.us on the Facebook page if you'd like. I'll be there Sunday morning teaching uh, both services and also July 2nd as well. God bless you. Have a blessed weekend. We will see you live, Lord willing, next Tuesday at noon Eastern. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian. Have a great weekend.